That is Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne, and that is dedicated to my next guest, Adam Boyer, who is a phenomenal writer, phenomenal actor, um, and a huge Patriots fan. And Crazy Train is played at virtually every New England Patriots game. Um, this is episode 23, Meet Adam Boyer. Welcome to episode 23 of the Monday Morning Critic. Our guest today is an actor whose filmography includes Ozark, Stranger Things, Sully, Vice Principals, Looper, The Walking Dead, so many more. And to top it off, he's a diehard Patriots fan, which automatically makes him a great guy in my book. Adam, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I, I, I love that I'm a good guy with a, with a Patriots fan. Well, obviously, there's dogs in the house. <laughs> So that's fantastic. Yeah, not so much down where I live in Atlanta. They're not liking me very much with all my Patriots stuff all over my car these days. So, so yeah. So before I get into like where you're from and all that other stuff, so how how did they react to you? You live in Georgia, but you're a, you're a huge Patriots fan. How did they how did they, how did they react to that monumental comeback, which Matt Ryan and a lot of the uh, Falcons are still getting over? How do you yeah. do? Do people they like not, despise you down they there? Not or? react well. <laughs> I actually had people flipping me off for a little while. There. Uh, I actually had a kid pull up next to me while we were driving, doing about forty-five, and say, "I've never been to New England." And I said, "You've never been to New England?" And then he leaned out of his car and he said, "Have you ever been to New England?" I said, oh, uh, yeah, I was born in Boston. He said, oh, good win then, and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, but, you know, it's, people assume that people jump the bandwagon when there's so many roots that people have to New England, and you, we can start there. Your, your roots go to where? And how long did you spend in Massachusetts, Adam, as, as far as how long of your life were you here for? Not that long, but I, I was born in Watertown, and then uh, we moved to Sudbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a hockey player to, to start. You know, when I was as soon as I could walk, I was on that pond like everybody else mm-hmm. with double bladed skates. And, and uh, I stayed until I was uh, close to nine or ten. Moved down to Atlanta, uh, and there was no hockey. So being a soccer player is the next closest thing down here that I could get to, but my old man took me to Pats games when I was a kid, so I've been a Pats fan since Jim Plunkett and, you know, back in the day. Wow. Carol Stingley and John Hanna and all, you know, all through the years when we weren't good, now that we're good, I get to, I get to ride out the joy. Yeah, do you come, do you come back to Massachusetts to ever take in a game now and then, or no? I haven't, uh, I haven't been, I, I was back in Boston about 10 years ago, was the last time I was over there, and it wasn't to catch a game, but I, that's definitely on my list. Right. The last time I actually went to a Patriots game, it was here in Atlanta. We were playing the Falcons. So, so are you uh, just are you just Patriots, or are you are you all uh, New England sport, Boston sports? Oh, I'm all Boston. Well, let me. I am all Boston sports except the Revolution because I played soccer here. I'm an Atlanta United fan. Okay. But you know, hockey's the Bruins, Celts, Red Sox. You know, Pats, of course. Oh. It's music to my ears. Um, how, let me ask you: You're a big soccer guy, huh? I'm. I've played. And I played 40 years uh, professionally in two different countries. I wasn't. I, I, I'm not going to say I wasn't a decent soccer player. I was not a very good pro. <laughs> right. I was. I wasn't as good as I wanted to be, for sure. 
Uh, why do you think, and this is probably nothing to do with our interview, but I'd be curious because you are, you know, you've been playing soccer for a long time. Why do you think it hasn't picked up so much in the States? Oh, it's getting there now. Yeah. Uh, when I was, it's not, it's never going to replace football or any of the big time American sports because it's a poor man's sport. That's why it's the number one sport in the world. Uh, it's a poor man's sport everywhere else in every other country because all you need is a ball or in some countries something around, you know, to play with a grapefruit or you know, something like that. Mm. But here, you know, it's it actually soccer as expensive as it can be here. Uh, growing up in the youth system, I coached for a long, long time as well. Right. It's pretty pricey to you know, keep your kid in, in boots and with coaches that they uh, that they have now. Of course, the coaching is much better as well. So they're professional coaches as opposed to when I was a kid. They're like, yeah, run, kick it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the kids today are in those not just even just youth leagues. Now it's like the the basketball equivalent of AAU. It's the top teams the kids fight for. You know, it's is it like that in Georgia too, where kids are are battling it out to be on the you know the the, the best travel teams and. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy that way. Yeah, it's 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 taking competitive uh, competitiveness to to another level. That's for sure. So let me ask yeah. you: you're you're in Georgia, okay? Um, talk to me on okay. You, you go to high school in Georgia. How how does acting how does acting form? How does it take place in your life? How does it? How do you come to how just I, love acting? How do I get into it? Yeah, I, I always loved the movies. I just was always a huge fan of movies. I started, I took a few classes. At, I was, I was a, I played soccer at Georgia State. I can't say as I graduated from there, but I played soccer there. Mm-hmm. I took my eligibility out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I finished that, I took a few acting classes there. When I finished there, I left and went to Germany to go play soccer for a short, short time. Right. Uh, got pretty homesick. And then when I came back, I essentially was like, I need a new gig. I am not going to be the next Pele. <laughs> Bruce, no, I'm a big dog. <laughs> um, so I, I started studying acting a little more professionally, and then I finally found a place that really a place called Warehouse Actors Theater. Okay, it was called What What Films, mm-hmm. and that was uh, early '90s. And I started studying there, and it really kind of clicked with me. Uh, went off and had a failed modeling career. <laughs> I know seeing these pictures of me now is kind of that's kind of a laugh, but. I had hair. I was a little better looking. <laughs> I got some miles, too many miles on me. But uh, I came back and was just like, all right, I'm just going to concentrate on acting. And, and the first, you know, the first 15 years I did this uh, in Atlanta, it was all commercials. So, it, you know, with my face being so angular, it's uh, you know, it's not 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 so good for commercials. Right. So when the tax incentive came through, and I was able to. You know, start reading for more television and film. It fit much, much better. Right. Uh, take me back a little bit to when you were at what? Um, what did they teach you there? What, what was taught there? Sorry, sorry about the pun, but what, what was taught there? Well, the system is it's it's a unique system that we use. Um, it has its own vocabulary. Uh, if it was compared to something, it would be compared to Shirtless, kind of Michael Shirtless and his, his teaching techniques. Uh, but we kind of branched out and had our own style. Uh, it's very meticulous. You you go through all four stages of learning. So I don't know if you're familiar with all four stages of learning, but uh, there's uncomfortable. 
conscious incompetence, then conscious incompetence, then conscious competence, which is where most actors go, and then unconscious competence, which is where we try to go. So unconscious incompetence is you have no idea how little you know. Mm -hmm. You haven't even gotten your sides. Uh, You know what I mean by sides? Yes. Okay, so you haven't gotten your sides yet, so you have no clue what it is you don't know. Uh, conscious incompetence is when you get your sides and you realize, wow, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, I have a lot <laughs> I have a lot to go through. Conscious competence is when you know your sides, you haven't memorized, but you're thinking about what you're saying. Uh, you have to use, you know, you have to use parts of your brain to, to come up with a dialogue. Uh, and that's where, m- not most actors, I don't know, they all, everybody's got their own process, but a lot of actors will just go to that, oh, okay, I know my sides. But then when they get on set and the director says, okay, this time, pick up the pencil when you say this line, make sure you stay out of this light, duck under this one when you're walking off set, and it throws them off because now they're thinking about that instead of being able to think about their lines. Uh, unconscious competence is where you're not, you know it so well that you're not even thinking about it. So it's like, you know, when you've, when you've driven home sometime and you get home and you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't even remember driving home. Yes, yes. Good. You just know it, you know how to get home so well, you're not really thinking about it. You know how to drive so well, it's, it's your, it's muscle memory. Right. So it makes it easier for directors to be able to work with you because if, when they tell you, for instance, if they're going to change what you're looking for, which is what we say, if we're looking for attraction or repulsion or connection, whatever it is that we're looking for, if they want to change the line read, if you will, uh, we can do that and still remember what's going on. Right, right. You, you were a soccer player for a lot of, you know, obviously for a lot of your life. When you come when you come back from Germany and you kind of decide to be an actor, is a lot of this stuff overwhelming for you? Uh, acting wise, it was, the only thing that was ever overwhelming to me, acting wise, I, I just loved it so much. The only thing that was ever overwhelming was uh, I had horrific stage fright. Um, I'm not a fan of doing live stuff. And also, if I go to callbacks, if I'm in a room with someone who can basically say, hey, you can pay your mortgage this month, or no, you can't, uh, I I get pretty pretty terrible anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other than that, no, like I... I did Robert Burns impressions. I don't know if you're familiar with the Scottish poet Robert Burns. Yes, yes. So I I did Robert Burns impressions at the Greenville Scottish Games for quite a few years. And when you first get the the sides for that, it's four pages of, you know, almost another language. I bet. So it can be a little daunting, but the more you go over it, you know, it's like, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time? Right. So, so, so I try not to let that stuff, you know, get, get too far and into my head. Right. So, so you're not, I mean, if you, if by choice, theater and like plays are probably not your first, wouldn't be your first choice. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Terrifying. I had to, uh. I had to perform. I, I used to do uh, Chick-fil-A's corporate videos, and I had to do this thing in front of about 4,500 people, and I thought I was going to die. Wow. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting, man. Um, uh, so let me ask you. So you – is there a moment once you start getting roles, is there a moment 
where you're face to face or can you remember the first time that you were face to face with somebody and you're like, holy shit, this is so and so or this actor is so and so. I remember watching him or her forever. Is there a moment where you're like blown away and you're like, I cannot. Yeah, I've had a a few of those. Um, Not long ago when I shot Sully, it was like last year I shot Sully and I was sitting there and sitting in the room with Tom Hanks and Clint Eastwood at the same time. I don't care who you are. (laughs) It's crazy. I was like a giddy little schoolgirl. I kept turning to my buddy Wilbur like, that's Tom Hanks. That's Clint Eastwood right there. (laughs) (laughs) So do you you have a lot of interaction with with Eastwood and, and Hanks? Is that, I mean, obviously he's the director, so I'm assuming he spoke to you about what he expected from you. Yes. <laughs> and, and Hanks is actually an Aston Villa fan of all things. Wow. Uh, I, I, and I didn't know that, so we wound up talking about that a little bit. I had heard from previous guests that he's pheno- he's unbelievably nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was I was giving him a hard time about being an Aston Villa fan, and uh, and he's you know he gives it right back. Yeah. He's just he's very much just like one of the guys. Yeah, he was. So let me let me ask you, Adam. Do you have a? Some of my guests have like a mentor, like somebody they they've they've learned specific things from. I know you talked about what, but is there a specific person you've learned, you know, little things from here and there that you'd consider a mentor? Absolutely, uh, and the guy who founded what, uh, a guy named Judson Vaughn, and. Uh, Judson, well, he hasn't acted in years now. He he was a, our acting coach for years and years and years. But he uh, he teaches the same things to lawyers now. So he started a company called Juris Perfect, mm. and he teaches all acting techniques to lawyers. But he was, uh, if you ever saw the movie California, yes, good movie, uh, yep, with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. He was Brad Pitt's parole officer in that, the one with the hacking cough and the mechanical arm. Oh, okay, yeah, um, and he's. Yeah, he's, he is a the quintessential character actor. Uh, loved that, uh, and and I've I've been that way myself as far as just being a character actor. <laughs> open the Ozark pulls me into you know roles where they let me actually open my mouth a little more, a little mm. more often. Which is kind of nice. Usually, I'm a guy who walks in and smashes someone with a bat and then gets killed. <laughs> well, I got to... I mean, I, I, I watch I watch a ton of movies. I study I study films. I study TV. But the good thing about your filmography, and, and it's a good thing for you and for people like me that are a fan of you, is that you, you it's getting you're getting more roles. But not only getting more roles, you're you're going from the guy with you know muscles, as they would quote you on IMDb, to like guys that have a to people that have a lot of speaking parts. Which is, if you look at it, it's a sign of immense progress. I mean, I think you got to be happy where the amount of distance you've come. I mean, it's hard not to be, oh. I, I would guess, right? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I was certainly ecstatic with the role on Ozark. I mean, that's 
it's it's definitely been my prolific my most prolific role so far. I was really, I mean, I had a huge, huge, long monologue in that thing, and and they, as they do with monologues, had to really trim it up, um, which was made me very sad because my favorite line of all time that I was going to get to say actually got cut out of it. Like, do you remember? Do, do you remember what it was, or can you not say it? Oh, I definitely remember what it was. It was. Uh, I was referring to the. It's such a wonderfully horrible line. I was referring to one of the pregnant strippers that I had in my club, and I said, "If uh, you know, if she wants to let somebody tickle that, if that girl wants to let somebody tickle that kid's fontanelle, then I ain't got no problem with that. But I want my twenty-five percent." <laughs> I just thought that was just such a funny line. It just, but it's yeah, Bill Dubuque, I guess, you know, is the creator wrote wrote that first episode. Yeah, my, my, you know, you were, you were a little bit hard on yourself earlier in the interview. You said something about your looks or something. I have to tell you, we were watching Ozark, and my girlfriend goes, "My God, is he good looking?" And he's jacked. I'm like, "You better shut your mouth, or I'm gonna watch. We're gonna watch something else." <laughs> we're gonna, I'm gonna turn as much as I love Ozark and as much as I like Adam Boyer. We're gonna turn this. If you. <laughs> so and my wife does it to me with the rock incessantly. No, but but. <laughs> Like yeah, but 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 kind of joking aside though, it's joking aside. Do you find yourself like? Do you have like? I mean, a lot of actors are kind of have this your grueling like workout routine. I mean, it's it's clear that you like you 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 bust your ass somewhere in the gym or you. <laughs> yeah, I I have actually trained. I'm training my son now, and he was laughing. He said, "Well, you've been doing this for 20 years." We were talking about working out. I yeah, said, more like 35, kiddo. <laughs> Um, I'm in the gym six days a week. Uh, I still go, you know, extremely hard. Uh, I, I don't play soccer anymore. I had to stop about six months ago. I had hip surgery. Mm. I'm getting up there, and apparently, forty years of soccer is not that good for you. No. Uh, but yeah, I do. I, I essentially do. It's not CrossFit workouts, but it's it's that style. You know, it's it's the high endurance reps and I train hard yeah man for, yeah. for an old guy I train hard yeah you're being very liberal there that's yeah you're not old I mean that's that's fantastic so so let's 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 pick apart your uh, filmography a little bit um okay so let's talk about Walking Dead which is my one or two favorite shows on TV man you have a scene that's to, 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 to lack of a better word scared the shit out of me um yeah it was a terrifying scene so before I talk about the scene itself, I want to ask you about Justice Leak. Is he a friend of yours? He is now, yes. Okay. Uh, I didn't know Justice before, even though Atlanta's kind of a small market. Because if you uh, if you look at Justice and you look at me, we're you know we're we're quite a few years apart, and Justice is a very like he's a pretty guy. Like we would not be reading for the same things. Right. Right. So. I, I didn't know him up until that point, but we were on set together for about a week, and we became pretty close. He's a very cool kid. And, and for people that don't know who he is, he's the guy that plays your partner in that scene, correct? Yes, he's yes. Night Smock Man. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so you are the terminus butcher, I guess is a good is a good way of saying it too. Um, so you're on you're on scene with with you know you got Stephen Yen, you're with. Uh, um, you know, uh, Norman Reedus, you're with Andrew Lincoln. What's it like working with um, guys like that? And, and I know 
I, I've read interviews with you in the past. You, you're also very complimentary of Melissa McBride. You must be the seventh seventh person I've interviewed that has brought up her name without me asking. Melissa's great, and Melissa's. I mean, one of the things that's so great about Melissa is that she's you know, she's a she's a local. So I knew Melissa. Melissa was running the camera auditioning us at a commercial casting house for years mm. and uh and then so to see her go from you know working a camera to to being at, at the at Stillwell to you know she's an international superstar now and she's she's still the same same exact person she was uh, she, has, she hasn't changed a bit yeah um this season I've been real excited I, 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 sorry go back to answer your question um those guys were so professional and so over the top. Nice. Walking Dead was one of the nicest sets I'd ever been on. Mm. You know, Andy Lincoln, Andy Lincoln, in person is much more like his character in Love Actually than he is, you know, his Rick Grimes. Mm. You know, he's really like he's a sweet guy. Mm. And he's just just a really super nice guy. Um, and and. Norman Reedus was so complimentary and just so great. I mean, he came over. To, I, I came up to say goodbye, and and he was like, "Oh man, I was just telling her that you were so awesome." And I was like, "I mean, he didn't need to say that to me. I was, I'm, I'm nobody on that set." And, but he really went out of his way to compliment the crap out of me. Yeah, and and um, I, I interviewed earlier Jordan uh, Woods Robinson, who plays Eric, and he said. You know, Norman Reedus, as soon as he saw him, his first day on set said, welcome to the family. Um, so it seems like such a wonderful environment off the camera, and, and it's exactly what you just said, you know? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I was going to say that um, now this season and next, uh, uh, there's a guy named Cooper Andrews, who I guess everybody knows now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Jerry. Yep. Um, Coop and I have known each other for years and years and years. I was actually just texting him before I got on the phone with you. Mm. Uh, he was, years and years ago, he was, I met him on this film. He was teaching me how to sword fight for this little independent movie. So uh, it's really neat to see. And he's one of the nicest guys on the planet. So it's great to see him, uh, you know, his career just explode as it's doing from yeah, does Cooper, does he run his own, like, it, it's it's not a martial arts, but it's like a martial arts with, like, weapons kind of school. Does he run that, or is he just involved in that? Uh, I don't know if he's running any kind of school. I think he's just working out like crazy, and, and he's always played with swords and, and axes and knives and all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, right, right. You know, I, I, I find your character, even though you were, you, you were only on for that episode, um, there's a there's there's a couple things of note that I liked about that scene. Um, one is where you stopped hit. Remember you were, you, uh, of course you remember you were the, the four guys you hit with a baseball bat. It's ironic who you stopped at. Do you remember that? I stopped it. Well, I, it was ironic. I think who I started with, but I stopped it at uh, Stephen. Yes, and I just think by 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 looking down the road. How he met his end, I, I thought that was kind of, I don't know if you could tie that together, but um, one way or another, it seems like his end was coming with a bat. Yeah, exactly. I think that was, that was the way it happened in the comics. So yeah. I think uh, that was just, that was what they had in mind. Ironically, I actually worked with him, uh, the guy who plays Negan, 
Jeffrey Dean Morgan on a movie called Solace. Yes. Like three, almost four years ago. And uh, it, it just came out not too long ago. Yeah, and um, one of my other guests was in that movie too. That's a that's a really good movie with Anthony Hopkins is in that too, right? Yeah, yeah. You're you're one of the very few characters that is lucky enough to get a zombie to get a to get turned into a zombie as well. Yeah, they I, they, they they really used that promo. A lot of pictures of me as a zombie. <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny. So let me ask um, you. Let me ask you, Adam. Do you do you go to a lot of comic cons, a lot of Walker Stalker things like that, or or do you just not have time for that kind of stuff? I actually have. I went to one, and it was a. It, it wasn't a experience, but it, it was very awkward for me. It was one of the one of the real mom and pop ones. And as nice as it was to like talk to the people there, I felt like I was working in the flea market trying to pedal, you know, pedal my pictures. It, yes. felt, it just felt kind of awkward. So I'm not yeah. saying that I'm not going to go to them because my agent was talking to me about going to Walker Stalker in the future, but that one just kind of left a, mm, I could do without that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, your character, I mean, it's amazing how, I mean, the fans love those uh, those characters. I mean, we've come a long way, and, you know, before I had said that, I don't know if you remember, there was a, a skit on Saturday Night Live where William Shatner is talking to Star, this is like maybe 20 years ago, Star Trek fans, and he's, you know, he's at a Comic-Con. He's like, you know, get a life. You know, will you guys just get a... Yes, but it's like, it's it's come a long way since then. I mean, I, I think a lot of people who, like, if you asked Walking Dead fans who the the the, the, the butcher at Terminus was, they would know it was you. Uh, I, that's just the following they have. I mean, it's it's kind you know, of... It's, it's insane, the following that the show has. Yeah, and I, it's... I, I've, I've given quite a few interviews after Walking Dead, which is... It's it's such a massive difference from the other shows I've done. Like doing Homeland. I mean, Homeland was a pretty popular show. Mm. You know, at the at, after Homeland, after my episode aired, I think I had six messages or so on the phone. I mean, after Walking Dead, I went to my phone. I had like two hundred and something messages. It was it just the following of that show is just enormous. And the and the Walker Stalker call. All the cons have completely changed now too. It's as I'm finding with my son, it's 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 cool to be kind of nerdy and and do the you know the, the dress up thing. Not not I don't mean nerdy in an insulting way. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, to themselves as yeah, because um, that's that's like the cool thing now. And, and, and you know when I was in high school, it you know they. I'll be careful with my wording here. It was if you wanted to be part of the drama, they put labels on you. If I had to do it all over again. I sure as shit would have been in drama because, I mean, look how, I mean, seriously, look how cool it is to be involved in acting one way or another. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's easy or it's a road that, you know, leads to success, but, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it, we've come a long way, I think, in a lot of ways as far as how we perceive things and how we look at things. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. Yeah, you got to feed the beast. I mean, however you're doing it, you've got to feed the beast. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people I don't think are doing that. That's why they're so angry. How did you like Homeland? How did you like being on that set, the people you interacted with? You know, I had a, I had a blast on, on Homeland. It was a very small set. Um, you know, I got a chance to work with Chris. I don't remember his last name, but we were the only two actors in the scene, so 
actually met a buddy of mine, Todd, Todd Hergott, uh, on that one. We were trying to figure out when I was doing Army Wives how we knew each other. And it was like, hey, wait a minute, I blew your head off. And I was like, oh, yeah. He was the armor <laughs> for Army Wives as well. So uh, that's, that's uh, one of the blessings about being in, uh, being in the Southeast is you definitely run into, I guess it would be a blessing and a curse, you definitely run into the same people a lot. So, you know, if you're nice, great. If you're not, <laughs> it's probably bad. Right, right. Let me ask you, so you bring up your son a little bit. What does your son feel about his dad being a, a successful and a, and a great actor? What, is, what does your son feel about that? It's, it's, it's interesting. Like, all the, all the different phases that he's gone through, along with how the phases that I've gone through with my career, you know, when he was eight years old and he had just gotten into, hey, who are you working with today, Dad? And I said, Ryan Reynolds, because I knew Green Lantern hadn't come out yet, and he wouldn't know who that is. And a girl named Olivia Wilde, and he wow. says, Olivia Wilde? You're working with Olivia Wilde? I went, <laughs> at that point, I said, how do you know the house girl? <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, she's the Tron girl, Dad. Uh, I think that's a little bigger. Can you get a picture? And I had never taken it. I had never asked for a picture before in my life. But I was like, all right, and my eight-year-old kid's asking me for a picture. I'm going <laughs> to get one. So I basically spent the entire day with my head between the poor girl's legs. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, can I get a picture? <laughs> <laughs> so there's this really funny picture on, I don't know, four phones, four or five phones ago of me and Olivia Wilde with her looking, you know, her movie star good looks and a big old smile. And I look like I'm being tortured. Yes. And I was so embarrassed about asking for the picture. <laughs> that must my be... son looked at, of course, and for about two seconds, and then went, "Cool." <laughs> yeah. But that's gonna now be. He's, uh, he's got the bug a little bit, so we're doing a movie together right now called Hubcap. Very cool. Very uh, cool. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. So l- let me ask you this, and and. and... It may sound like a stupid question, but how do you practice as an actor? I know you rehearse lines. I get that part of it. But is there anything else that you do? I mean, I know some people do the theater to kind of just keep themselves acting. Is there anything else you do that, that you kind of harness your your craft um, a little bit? Yeah, well, like I said, well, almost, I, I write as well. So yeah. I, I, try to, I try to keep that going. Uh, sometimes it gets a little, little difficult, a little busy because uh, I am dyslexic. I'm uh, very, very dyslexic. So anything I do, I go off book for. So if I have auditions or, you know, I'll be sitting there and I won't have one one week and then all of a sudden I have seven in a day. Um, so anything I do, if I get seven auditions in a day, I've had to memorize up to, I don't know, 17, 20 pages in a day. Uh that's including, you know, putting in what I'm looking for and SPMs and switches and uh, using the vocabulary. Uh, so basically, every time I do an audition, it's like taking a class. Right. Uh, I'm looking for the poison dart, decide where to put it. I'm looking, you know, trying to figure out on each line what I'm looking for. Uh, staying consumed and doing that stuff. Uh, I don't do theater, like I said. I'm a pretty pretty horrible stage fright, so I pretty much stay away from theater. But I've always kept myself very busy and very much on set, even with. And my wife has gotten on to me about it. And the, 
more recent years about, you know, like, wait a minute, you're doing something, you're not getting paid. And I'm like, well, you know, it's friend and I want to stay sharp. So, but I even still, like I did a, I did a project Sunday and you know, it was just, it was for a buddy of mine. And I was like, yeah, of course. So I, that's what I do to stay sharp. Basically I stay on set. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And there's two things I really want to ask you about. Uh, the, the first and the most obvious is how tough is it to deal with dyslexia and kind of become an actor? I would think it's the, it's the one profession that would challenge you the most with that uh, uh, disability. Is it, would you consider it a disability? Is that a fair statement? Um, I don't, well, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I certainly don't consider myself disabled because no. I mix up words, but um, it's... It, I would say it's more of a help than a hindrance because, I mean, back in the day when, when people did cold reads where they said, no, you have to do a cold read, which I never understood because you can't tell whether I can act or not. You can tell whether I can read or not. Um, and I did have a few of those where it was like, wow, I would never, ever work in this business if everything was cold reads. Right. Um, but it also helps. I think it helps me because I don't have that fallback that a lot of people have. A lot of actors can go in and they have their script in their hands and if they go up on a line, they can kind of glance at it and figure out where they are. Uh, I don't have that, you know, I don't have that ability. Like if I went up on a line and had a script in my hand and then tried to look at it, it'd be 10 minutes before I found where I was. Right. Um, so I guess, you know, and another one of those blessing and a curse, um, so I just make sure I'm prepared for everything. You know, if I have to work a little harder, I work a little harder. You know, not not the end of the world. I know that from soccer. Right. I'm not one of those blessed athletes that was just a brilliant athlete. I was a pretty good athlete, but uh, my work rate was what got me yeah. doing well. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you. I mean, you're a fantastic actor, and you know, Tom Cruise. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Tom Cruise manages to deal with it. He has dyslexia as well. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you: Do you think? And I'm not going to harp on this. It'll be my last question. But do you think that in, in some way adds to your anxiety on the like, you know, the the plays, the theater? Do you think that part of yourself gives you a little bit more anxiety because of that? That's interesting. I. You know what? I have no idea. I never really thought about, you know, where that anxiety comes from. And um, I, I would imagine it doesn't help. Right, right. <laughs> I can't imagine it helping the situation. But, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. And, and the anxiety thing is interesting. It's, it's as I've gotten older, like since my son's born, um, that has come into my life, you know, or you wake up and you can't go back to sleep because you have anxiety. And when I was younger, I was 20 something. You looked at me funny. I was asleep. And if I wanted to sleep for 17 hours, <laughs> I overslept and missed a three o'clock soccer game one time. Mm, wow. Um, the power had gone out. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was just the timing of hitting middle age or if it's, that's part of, you know, having someone, you know, you have to take care of or what that is. Um, hmm, I don't know. So, That's a good question. So, so yeah, you're, 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 like I said, you're a super actor on screen. You're phenomenal. Let me ask you, um, Ozark, I saw the trailer. I'm like, there's no way that this is not going to be a hit. We binged watched it. Absolutely loved it. 
talk to me about what it was like working with Jason Bateman, who's a guy that many people wrote off years ago, made a nice comeback, an easy guy to cheer for. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about talk to me a little about um, one Adam Ozark itself and two Jason Bateman. Okay, so uh, we'll go with Ozark first. Okay, um, I got the audition, the first audition for Ozark, and as a, as a Southeast actor, and I am, and I, that's probably going to change in the near future. But I've always been a Southeast actor. Uh, usually the roles we have are, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm going to kick the crap out of you, bang, you know, those, those, they're, they're smaller, you know, we come in, you're day player roles. Right. Uh, so the writing is, you know, as, as good as it can be for a day player who's going to come in and, and just be a, a very small character in the, in the thing. And when I got the audition for Ozark and it was just this, incredibly written monologue I was ecstatic I mean I just and even if you get something like that when you get when you get an audition for a role that's like this brilliant monologue the chances of it being right in your wheelhouse are also just so tiny and for it to for it to be right in my wheelhouse and be so well written I was just so excited to do it um so that was that was amazing. I was, you know, very very sad that they couldn't get everything from the monologue in because it was so well written. Mm. Uh, but that's you know that's the nature of the business. You know that's that's I, I understand that that's the way it happens. But but especially to be in a scene with someone like Jason Bateman when you're when you're a character actor, you're not usually the one that gets to deliver the monologue. Usually Jason Bateman delivers the monologue and you say cool and then you leave um so to be given that it, it was really just a wonderful gift uh that scene and that monologue so that the audition process i was i was just so ramped up and excited about it and then just from for jason just meeting him like right away he is he's awesome and he is so stinking smart mm. i mean it, it's really kind of unreal like he, he said something in the callback you know he made a comment i was talking about how i i, I shave my body once a once a year um the only the only time i ever shave my body unless somebody is paying me to do it i don't <laughs> shave my body but I, mm. I shave my body once a year before i do camp sunshine camp sunshine is a uh, it's cancer camp for kids essentially that i volunteer at uh but the first first year I did Camp Sunshine and I didn't shave, all the kids are climbing on me in the pool <laughs> and they're ripping my chest hair out. <laughs> and it did not feel good. <laughs> so every year since, right before I go to camp, I shave to make sure you know I'm not going to get my hair ripped out of my body. Uh, and uh, and we were talking about it. You know, I, I, I don't know how the conversation came up or that came up. And, and he kind of offhandedly said, Oh, I see you're fighting back with stubble. And I kind of didn't, I kind of half heard it, and I was nervous because it was a callback. Hadn't really paid attention. And I, I didn't get it until I was driving home what he had actually said to me. <laughs> I was like, and that's the way the entire time on set with him was, is if you paid real close attention, and I've concentrated real hard, He's 
he's, he's hysterical. He's just so quick-witted. Yes. And such a such a good guy. And we just we had an absolute blast on set. Yeah, man, I, it's it's a phenomenal show, and I think it's one of the two best shows ever on Netflix. With Stranger Things being the other one, and and you got you and Jason Bateman have a couple great um, exchanges. One is in the prison, another one is in the club. Um, so yeah, it's it's really a, it's people have compared it to Breaking Bad. I kind of agree with that, um, with the only exception being, and I'll put a spoiler alert in the beginning: the whole family isn't involved in Breaking Bad, you know, and that's the only difference, right. you know. But it's 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 a it's an original show. It's great. It's a it's I could not stop watching it. Let me let me ask you: Is most of it filmed in Georgia, or is it they split up the filming? Most of it was filmed here, yeah. Um, they did some establishing shots, I guess, in Missouri and, and the Ozarks. Uh, and, you know, they shot, I think, you know, an episode worth in uh, Chicago or maybe two. I know they had flashback scenes in eight. I actually haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen the first three. Uh, reason being, I'm I'm watching with my wife and my son, and it's hard for us to all coordinate <laughs> mm. and watch, you know, watch it. But I, I I really I specifically didn't read the episodes past the first two because I knew it was something I really wanted to watch. Did I just ruin? Did times, I just ruin it for you? Did I just ruin it for you? No, 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 no. Okay. Didn't ruin anything I hope me. not. But a lot, a lot of times, you know, when you're when you're doing a movie or you're doing a show or something like that, and you read the script, when you see it, it's like reading this. It's like seeing it for the second time. Right, 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 and right. You, you've already, you know, read and studied and read. And, uh, so I, I specifically tried to just concentrate on my stuff because yeah, I wanted to be surprised. Like Walking Dead, for instance, because I became a really big fan of the show about two months before I booked it. And so I was on season three watching-wise when I was shooting season, I think, five opener it was. Um, so people are saying things, and I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> shut your cake hole. <laughs> I don't know that yet. Um, <laughs> and then when I was watching it, you know, at the reverse, when my scene would come up and everybody's like, everybody's telling me that was the most intense scene I think I've ever seen on TV and all that stuff. Well, for me, that that was the least intense scene because I knew what was happening. <laughs> I knew what was going to happen. Mm. The rest of it, I didn't. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought of it from that perspective. Um, let me ask you. I was going to go to Stranger Things, but I want to ask you something. So I had I had a Georgia State grad. Uh, uh, I think he graduated. Um, great guy. He's an actor on The Walking Dead. He plays Gavin. His name's Jason Warner Smith. I don't know if you know him. Um, one of the things he talked about, and you you said this before, and I wish I asked you when you said it, so it wouldn't be so awkward of a placement. He said he went on like I want to say a hundred and fourteen. Um, uh, auditions and ended up getting like two or three jobs. Do you find it to be yeah. the, Do you find it to be the same way? I when someone tells me that they want to be an actor, uh, young person, old person, whoever it is, uh, the first thing I tell them is, okay, here's here's what you need to know. Uh, if I am absolutely killing it, if I'm doing really really well, uh, I book maybe one out of twenty. And that's if I'm really doing well. So essentially, I'm being rejected 
95% of the time. Right. If you can handle that, then by all means, you know, you know, knock yourself out. This is, this is something to do. And if you can handle that for years and years and years, then you'll be one of the ones that sticks with it. I mean, I've, I have seen so many incredibly talented actors um, stop doing it because, because of that reason. Right. You know, it's, it's very difficult to book. And there are, there are also, there's so many reasons not to get a job. You know, it's, it's, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your acting. Your acting could have been brilliant, and you looked like the producer's ex-boyfriend. Mm. Um, I had a I had a producer on this. <laughs> I'm not going to name the show. I really want to, but I'm not going to name the show. <laughs> okay. But I had this producer on this show, and and the casting director would bring me in over and over and over again to read for this show, and I never understood why because this producer couldn't stand me. I don't know what it was. Uh, I figured out, I found out later what it was. Uh, I'm going to leave everybody in suspense because it would be rude of me to say, but she, the room would get 10 degrees cooler when I walked into it. <laughs> it was it was crazy how much this woman disliked me. Wow. But, it, it, but those are, I mean, those are the things you can't really, you can't, I can't do anything about what my face looks like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, sometimes that's a blessing. Sometimes I'm, you know, I'm the guy that you want to hate. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's a curse. Sometimes they hate you too much and they don't want you on set. But yeah, it's that's part of the business. Yeah, and I don't want to ruin it, you know. But I, you know this. I, I we were we were my girlfriend and I were really really hoping your character lasted because I thought there was so many things they could have done with it. It plays out great. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the, 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 series, the series is phenomenal, but it would have been kind of cool to see what would have happened had they joined a par- and, and developed a partnership. It would have been kind of cool. I don't know. That's... I, I couldn't agree more. I was so sad. And <laughs> I mean, is, this is a spoiler alert moment. Are, are we allowed? Am I allowed yes, to go ahead. Yes, yes. About what happened to me? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so... No idea uh, what was going to happen to my character, and I was obviously from the monologue, from the moment I set eyes on the monologue, was absolutely in love with Bobby Dean. <laughs> just, just a wonderfully horrible guy, uh, and just so much fun to play. Uh, so I have a friend of mine who lives near me, and we trade services. I will come for her auditions. I will come be a reader. And so she'll put me on tape for my auditions. Very cool, yeah. Uh, and so she calls me up and she says, hey, I have an audition for Ozark. And I said, oh, that's great. I, I said, I'll, I'll come read with you. And she said, yeah, that sounds great. She said, hey, what's your character's name? And I said, Bobby Dean. And she went, oh, shit, I killed you. <gasps> <laughs> and that is how I found out being killed and when I was on set I guess it's about a couple weeks later I was on set and I was we had some downtime and I was just standing there with Jason and uh, and he says so uh, so how'd you find out you know did they call you what happened and I told 
told him how I found out he's, oh, shit, no way. Are you kidding me? No. And I said, yeah, that's how I found out. And he was like, oh. So he was so bothered by it that he changed protocol. Uh, <laughs> he was telling me that my last day I said, he said, just so you know, we, you're, you're, the way you found out completely changed protocol. We now tell people. You know, we specifically go tell them, okay, this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, because because in The Walking Dead, they um they call like I, I think it's uh, Scott Gimple calls you in and says, you know, this is what's going to happen to you. Um, so yeah, that would have been a little more fair to you, I think. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's not. I mean, it's never. A, I'm sure if he's, you know, if that's what happens and he's calling you in, it's like, well, I guess I'm getting killed. You know, <laughs> I guess you figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah, and I thought for sure I'm watching the show, and there's a scene you you, you bring your speedboat up to um, the establishment that Jason Bateman has has purchased, and he and you told me you know you said something like fill it up or fill it up. I said for sure. I said these guys are going to develop the rapport here, and it didn't happen. I was like shit, and I, and I was really hoping that it, that it was going to click there, but uh, to no such luck, I guess. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure if they cut the scene or not because I haven't seen four. Uh, but there was a scene where I went into the Blue Cat Lodge. Uh, I don't think that's there. I could be wrong. I yeah. don't. I don't remember that. Um, I, well, it was. It was. I, we shot it in order, and I think it was right after I pulled up on the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think they cut it, but it wasn't a. It wasn't a. Uh, Obviously, it wasn't a very necessary scene, but it, it wasn't anything where where we had any kind of rapport. Yeah, it, it was just another wow. This guy's really a, as Jason put it, a douchebag, which was very <laughs> funny because he said, uh, "I showed up and I had grown out this big beard uh, for the for the show. I, I, I mean, I didn't shave for about two months before the show just because I thought well, it would be kind of fun. I'll do a shaved head and a beard." And, and they were deciding whether to keep the beard or not. And uh, finally, they decided, no, 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 we got to, we got to get rid of the beard. And I said, all right, no problem. You know, I grew up for this, so I'll just shave it. And I shaved it. And Jason came in and said, <laughs> he said, he said, oh man, you just shaved it. And I was explaining to him, I was like, yeah, I just, you know, I just did it for this. He goes, yeah, I was looking at the pictures, and I said, boy, he said he's really distinguished with the beard. You know, <laughs> he could play like a professor or something. And and we really needed this guy to just look like a douchebag. <laughs> and I laughed, and then I went, wait a minute. So my face makes me look more like a douchebag? Thanks a lot, Jason Bateman. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> it was pretty funny, though. <laughs> what Apparently if, it does. What are the other actors I, I did want to ask you about... Um, Peter Mullen? Yes. How freaking great uh, is he? Peter Mullen is so fucking cool. He's an English he's an English actor, right? What's that? He's an English he's a, he's an English actor, right? Scottish. Scottish. Ooh, uh, yeah. That's a big mistake. Uh, he's Scottish. Was... And I like I said, I did Robert Burns impression. 
impressions for years. And oh, that's right, I, the connection there. Okay, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, with the well, with the soccer player background, you know, I had Scottish coaches all growing up, you know, so I just I had a blast with him. The only thing that I was bummed about with Peter Mullen was that that was my only scene with him. You know, that it was my only day with him. Yeah, you know, I, I would have loved to spend more time on set with him. He was great, and he's a he's a riot. I mean, he's just a, an, an everyday guy. You, you like, he's just he's a he's a man's man, and just oh no, had a, had such a good time with him. And uh, the guy who plays Ash, uh, Michael Torek. Yes. Um, we just we just had a the three of us just really really had a great time that day. Yeah, um, that's really salt of the earth. Great guys. I, I, which, is, which is wonderful because you know when you when you're especially when you're doing an intense you know scene like that because the scene is pretty pretty intense. Yes. Um, you know if you're if you're stuck in a foxhole with people you're not crazy about it, it can suck. Yeah. But they were uh, yeah they were they were awesome. Yeah, yeah they, man, they were fantastic. I, I cannot recommend that that show enough. That is going to be a hit. Sometimes Netflix it's a hit or miss. This is this has got hit all over it, and it's going to be one of those shows where. They could go on for a long time, which kind of, I, I wish you were a part of that. I'm not trying to rub it in, but I, <laughs> yes. I, I would have I loved. Certainly do too. You know, I really do. But you, you have you have a you have huge you have a huge part in the first season that that goes a long way. Let me ask you about your experience on Stranger Things, Adam. Talk to me about that. Stranger Things was was great. It was much. It was a much different experience. Obviously, with you know, the time on set being different and. Um, uh, working with working with kids, you know, not that they're not that they're children kids, but but you know they're like twenty. You know, a twenty year old to me is, is pretty much a kid. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that you know we had a, we had a lot of fun. It was uh, it's a great it was a great set. Uh, those kids are real smart too. And I, I mean the uh, I'm talking about the directors, uh, the two brothers, the Duffer brothers. The Duffer Brothers, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're very sharp kids. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. They got exactly, they got exactly what they wanted out of the scene. Uh, I have a, I have a friend who was working crew on that scene on that show as well, uh, and so it was. It always makes it more comfortable when you know someone, and you're able to just, you know. It's like the first day of school. Any first day on set is like the first day of school where it's kind of awkward and you don't, you know, you don't know where to stand, you don't know where to sit, you don't know who to talk to. And uh, uh, it, it, it's just kind of an uncomfortable, you know, warm up period. So when you see someone, it's like, oh, good, Mark's here. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Sunderland was there. Yeah. Uh, I've had so I had someone to talk to right away. Right, right, right. Uh, and also, you don't know how the stars are going to respond to you because some of them can be standoffish and and you know, and you're and you're working with them. So then, if they if they're standoffish and you don't know anybody else, you're kind of standing there like, okay, I'll just be Little. over here in my corner <laughs> talking to myself. <laughs> A little awkward, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, but it wasn't like that. So it was, it was that was nice. You, you and I are roughly the same age. I'm forty. I mean, you're you're early forties oh, too. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you very much. 
One of the things that they capture really well, and I know you'll appreciate this, I thought they captured the 80s so perfectly. Absolutely. Uh, I thought I was in a goddamn time machine. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Very much so. Oh. They, I mean, saying, you know, saying to my son, uh, oh, yeah, that's that's what the phones were like, uh, and saying, like, like he's like, what's this? What, is that a cord? Like, what is, what is that? <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's what we had to deal with, you know, rotary phones and uh, stuff like that. I mean, my son's a little more educated on that stuff. I brought him home with a little football thing for Christmas one year, a little handheld digital football game. Oh, very he cool. Immediately, he immediately still kicked my ass, at, <laughs> which was kind of depressing. <laughs> like I thought, this is a this is my video game i'll get him nope not so much i gotta i gotta tell you man thanks for giving me almost an hour i have a couple more questions for you if you don't mind hanging in there um not at all man yeah man this is great um let me ask you vice vice principals i was so happy to see you in that i gotta ask you this okay as somebody who loves to laugh and, and 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 i'm a smart ass i'm sarcastic how the hell do you maintain your composure around walton coggins and danny mcbride <laughs> yeah, there were there I mean, there are a lot of a lot of turn away from the camera and just start laughing moments. Uh, Walt is Walt Walt's from a he's from where I, I presently live. You know, he's from this area. We have a lot of mutual friends and he is he is an exceptional actor. Yeah. He really is. Oh he's he's, uh, fantastic. Actually, he's phenomenal. I a, yeah. I have a great Walt story. <laughs> Years and years ago, I was bartending in this bar, and Walt was in, and, and everybody introduced us because we were both actors. And Walt was Walt was home for a funeral, unfortunately, so he was pretty sauced up. And uh, we were talking about I was trying to raise money for a feature, and he was trying to raise money for a short. And he said, "Yeah, I'm trying to raise eighty grand for this short." And I said, eight grand for a short? Like, I just thought this guy is out of his mind. How do you make your money back on a short? Eighty grand? This guy's crazy." Um, the short was called The Accountant, and Walt won the Academy Award with it. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know that was an option. I was like, and that's why I was bartending, and he was acting, and went to Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, but, but the role on... Uh, that was another one, actually. That was kind of a bummer. It was they introduced my, you know, my character as the doppelganger to uh, to Danny, and and that was the end of it. <laughs> we just, I just kind of disappeared. Yeah. I was like, I'm finally not going to get killed off a show, and then I never went back. <laughs> but yeah, and Danny is very. He's a he's a funny. He's a funny guy. I mean, in between takes, funny guy. A lot of guys are, you know, they're they're funny when they're when they're acting, and then not as much in between. There's um, Danny Danny McBride, uh, Jason Jones on the Detour. Yes. Yeah, he's a very sharp, very funny yes. guy. Um, let me ask you, what role have you loved most that you've been in so far? I mean, I hate to say that because it's such a bush league question in some ways, but is there a role that you were like? I'm not- okay with that, and it's definitely Bobby Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely, Bobby Dane is, uh, I, you know when you're literally sick to your stomach and crushed when they kill off a character that you really loved him. Yes. 
love love to hate you know it was just such a such a douche you know just, just <laughs> such a wonderful wonderful douche but, but honest about it, upfront and honest. This is what it. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. There was no, no hiding it. I, I, I loved. I just loved everything about him. I just loved that he, that he was thought he was so much smarter than he was, uh, and and just thought he was really, really smart. Not that he wasn't somewhat intelligent, but really, like Bobby Dean, really thought he was the man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, like Walter Coggins, he's in Quentin Tarantino stuff. Walter Coggins can, Walt, Walton Coggins, sorry, Walton yeah. Coggins can do. He could do comedy. He could, you could put him in the middle of a, a drama. He'd do great. You're the same way. You've done, you know, kind of the, the spectrum. How tough is it to transition from horror drama to comedy? I don't. I, I'm the belief that not everyone can do comedy. You pull it off. People pull it off. I agree with that. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with that. I feel like there are dramatic actors who cannot do comedy. And there are certainly comedic actors who struggle uh, doing drama as well. Um, I've never I've never broken them apart. I think it's I think it's all timing. Um, so it's it basically it, it comes down to acting. It's certainly, some things are in your wheelhouse and some things aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the very first showcase I ever did, uh, first time performing in front of people, uh, I had two scenes in the showcase, and one of them was, you know, one of them was a comedy and one of them was a drama, mm-hmm. and it just. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't take issue or seem to. I don't feel like I have a problem with either. I mean, people might be like, "Oh no, you're not funny." Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with you? You're not funny at all. Uh, I I like to think I'm funny, but and then a lot of that depends on the material as well. Sure, sure. <laughs> my son, <laughs> my son just looked at me and went, "Meh." <laughs> so 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 I got three questions for you. Three left. Um. As an actor, where do you hope you, where, where do you hope you are in five years? Well, um, not on somebody's couch in L.A., but uh, <laughs> uh, or under a, or, or under a, or under a boat dock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or under a boat dock. Uh, that was actually a, a dummy, by the way. That entire thing was a dummy. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. That was. I was. I was as soon as I recognized that you know I, I'm not calling you a dummy, but as soon as I recognized that's who they tried to make it as, I'm like, oh no, they freaking got him! I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> but I just thought it was the, the special effects were incredible. Yes, uh, that they did on that. I, I really thought they were amazing. Um, uh, five years. I well, like I said, I do write. Uh, mm-hmm. So five years from now, I hope. Hope, hope, hope that I can either or or both get. Uh, I have a I have a script called The Kosher Cracker. Okay. Uh, uh, it's about a Jewish redneck. Uh, <laughs> that already sounds so, fantastic. Yeah, it's obviously a very you know very very touching drama uh, on that one. My my girlfriend's Jewish, so I think she'll I think she'll like this already. She because she because oh, yeah. she, she, she loved she, like, she loved Ozark. Basically, Bobby Dean as a you know yeah. As a, 
Um, uh, I have another one that I wrote with one of my best friends who passed away almost 10 years ago. I'm um, to hear that. Uh, that is, it's about an asthmatic set of bagpipes plotting to ruin the sound of music forever. So it's a, uh, it's an animated film called Instruments. Mm-hmm. And I uh, really, really obviously want to get that one done, you know, someday. And what was so those, those two are really on my list. Adam, what was the one you had with your son? I wanted to promote that, too. Uh, you mentioned something with your son earlier. Um, yeah, bottle? it is called Hubcap. Hubcap. And it is a story of a killer hubcap. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, when, when a friend of mine said to me, <laughs> a friend of mine, Dick Mays, who I studied with at what for years and years, and he said, I have this idea for a script, and it's about a killer hubcap. And I thought, what in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds absolutely horrifically ridiculous. And we, you know, I, I, I thought, well, he's a great kid. He's an incredibly smart guy and a, a great kid. He's 60 years old. <laughs> um, he's a very, very smart man. And I thought, I, I kind of... I, you know, I'll do it, you know, whatever it is. But so I went to the table read, and it is wonderful. It is a wonderful script. Is like I said, he's very intelligent. It's not a story about a killer hubcap. It's a story about the characters, and it's a story. The story is very true to life, very realistic. It just happens to have a supernatural element in it. That a wonderful comedy horror in the you know, I guess of rubber, but but it, it's going to be a funny film, I think. Yeah, excellent, excellent. I'll be a fan, and anything you put out, I'm there. Let me ask you one last important question, and, and this is maybe the most important one I've asked you all hour and ten minutes here. Will oh, will, will the Patriots and Tom Brady get Super Bowl six this year? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> not only, not only will we say, you know, the Vegas odds have us going unbeaten. Yes, well, well, I'm going, I'm leaving for I'm leaving for Vegas tomorrow, and the odds of them winning the Super Bowl are, I want to say, it's either five to two, or it might be less than that at this point. <laughs> it's incredible. I loved last year when you couldn't bet on them winning the AFC championship. <laughs> you know, it's funny that it's funny that you say that, Adam, because do you know what the for you to make a hundred dollars on the uh, Patriots winning the AFC East, you have to put up three thousand dollars. <laughs> I swear to God, I am not busting you. I swear. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you to Adam Boyer. Uh, I'm telling you, great things are in store for Adam. He's done some phenomenal things. Adam, I cannot thank you enough for giving me over an hour of your time. Great dude, great actor, and I'm going to be really cheering for you down the road, my friend. Oh, thanks so much, man. It was an absolute pleasure, brother. And that was the awesome Adam Boyer. Do guests come any better than that? Dude loves the Patriots. He's a phenomenal actor. The man gives his time to work with uh, children who have cancer at Camp Sunshine. I mean, I cannot say enough positive things about this human being. Um, I really wanted to also say that he is the reason why I founded my podcast. It's, it's actors like Adam that, are, that have been in some great things but are so close to just making that next jump where they're recognized 
even by more people than just, you know, me and my podcast. Um, I have a feeling it's coming very soon for him because he is very, very talented. Um, I did want to say that I think it's really cool how he involves his son in a lot of his things. The Killer Hubcaps thing is, is I love it. I absolutely love that idea. Um, all that being said, big kudos and thank you to Adam uh, for letting me borrow an hour of his life. And thank you to all of you who have been listening to episode 23. We will talk soon. Take care. Be good.